You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenjas. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to tell you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Lockdowns Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to your final episode of the week here, and we typically do our Mailbag Friday episodes, but we can't on this one, or I guess we could, but I'm going to put that aside for now, so maybe we won't have a Mailbag for a week or two, or we'll see how long, but I wanted to dedicate this episode to the recap of training camp day number two for the Los Angeles Rams. And this is officially my second day doing this and covering the training camp practices. So I've come a little bit better prepared for this one. Man, it's hard to keep up with this stuff because every single second there's a new player that's doing something good or someone else that's getting beat. There's seven on sevens, 11 on 11s, all this bag work and and all these little shuffle drills and cone drills. It's so hard to keep up with everything, but... I think we're a little bit better organized for this one, so I'm going to try and highlight everyone that I found that either performed well or, you know, some of the rotations to note or even guys that were maybe not playing that great or whatever we have to share. Everything that happened from this recap, we're going to dive into it. So before we dive into it, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to my guy, Ryan Dyrud, and again, Jordan Rodrigue for providing all of this information because without them and the people that do go to training camp practices and share this stuff on Twitter, we pretty much wouldn't really know what's going on. So I really, really appreciate you guys. You can go follow them on Twitter at Ryan Dirud, L-A-F-B. Dirud is spelled D-Y-R-U-D. And of course, you can follow Jordan at Jordan Rodrigue. So we're going to begin with the offense first here. And these tweets are a little bit mixed between both of them. So I'll try and, you know, find out which one sent it. But For the most part, I mean, the theme is pretty simple here. It's going to be, you know, the same from person to person. Now, Ryan tweeted that rookie running back Jake Funk was actually looking very twitchy in these practices. And I think we've seen that now over both days. I mean, he said the terms fluid and twitchy get thrown around a lot. But Jake Funk definitely looks twitchy, which is obviously, I mean, not just surprising, but a good thing for a guy who's torn his ACL twice in the same ACL too. So obviously, you know, this is a guy who has went through a lot in terms of the injury luck and that kind of stuff over the course of his college career. But I mean, it hasn't really changed anything in terms of his actual athleticism because you go to the NFL Combine, this guy blew those numbers out of the water. So you love to see that it's already translating to the NFL. And of course, I mean, you know, it's still early, but this guy has not lost any athleticism whatsoever, even with all of these serious injury stuff that he's went through. Now, this one I thought was very, very interesting. He said, I'll do this twice in one day. It's just individual drills, quarterbacks with wide receivers and tight ends. But for what it's worth, Bryson Hopkins is running with the threes and fours. And that is obviously interesting because that could mean that maybe Hopkins is falling a little bit behind in that tight end race. And we talked about that tight end two spot a lot. 
Who's going to be the favorite to win those snaps? Is it going to be a guy like Jacob Harris, who is maybe the best receiving threat? Is it going to be Bryson Hopkins, who's maybe a little bit better of a complete tight end? Or is it going to be Johnny Munt, who is the best blocker of the bunch and the most traditional type of tight end? So a very interesting question there. And of course, we can't really put 100% stock into this. It doesn't really mean anything just yet. It's only the second practice, but it is something to note as we continue to move forward throughout these practices. And again, some more good news on the Deshaun Jackson, Matthew Stafford front. These guys, I'm telling you, man, I've been saying it all along, all off season. I was dying, absolutely dying to watch Deshaun Jackson catch footballs from Matthew Stafford, particularly those deep, long shots. And of course, we talked about it throughout the first day. They connected on one, which was like a 50 or 60 or what would have been a 60-yard touchdown. And it looked like it was some sort of a coverage breakdown on the back end for the defense. But they happened to do it again in this practice. And oh my goodness, I'm absolutely loving it. You could barely see the video. I think it might have been some sort of a corner route or something like that where Deshaun Jackson did beat... I believe it was Taylor Rapp or maybe a different corner and Taylor Rapp was just the closest player to him, but he pulls in a nice grab from Matthew Stafford who absolutely uncorked a nice ball. And I'm telling you guys, they're really starting to build this chemistry here and I'm loving every single second of it. This is exactly what the Rams offense needed in the worst way moving forward. They lacked that deep ball and the ability to strike big fear in defenses last year. The early returns look like they could very well be one of the more dangerous teams in this regard. And of course, there was some tweets about it as well. And Ryan said, DJax, talking about Deshaun Jackson, is already looking really comfortable in this offense. And he's being used as more than just a deep threat. And also, Stafford's deep ball looks effortless, which I think we all pretty much expected. I mean, this guy has top three, maybe top five arm talent in football right now. The deep ball has always been something that he's not only prided himself on, but something that he's always done very, very well. I mean, he's got the knack to do it. He's got the ability to push the ball. And of course, he has that natural arm talent to afford himself maybe a few more throws or a few more opportunities that some other quarterbacks just can't because they don't have enough juice to get it there to beat that slim, slim second of timing where you know NFL defenders are trying to make you pay so that's obviously good to see and of course the more comfortable Matthew Stafford gets the better off this offense is going to be now the last tweet here for the offense in this segment is from Jordan she said I don't know how many wide receivers the Rams will want to keep this fall but I'll say this Tristan Jackson has really been taking advantage of his opportunity these last two days he's getting more reps with Tutu Atwell on the COVID reserve list and of course we talked about that A few episodes ago, I don't know if Tutu Atwa has COVID. I'm assuming that probably means that he does, and he's been sidelined because of it. And of course, if he's not getting those reps, somebody else has to. And that does open a spot for a guy like Tristan Jackson to maybe get a few more reps and actually move up in terms of the depth chart as it currently stands right now instead of being the sixth or maybe the seventh receiver to line up and maybe get a few less passes or a few less opportunities with the Matthew Staffords of the world and the number one or number two offenses. Now he's actually getting those chances because Tutu Atwell is sidelined, which is obviously great. I mean, he's probably not going to make the roster. There's just not a great chance at that because the Rams have five really good receivers that are pretty much 100% certain to make the roster. 
But that doesn't mean he can't stick around on the practice squad or that he can't get himself a different opportunity with a different 53-man roster because that's something that we don't really look at as media or as fans. But you're not only practicing to try and make the current team that you're actually with, but you're actually putting all these plays and all these opportunities on tape as well to get yourself another shot in case things don't work out. And as we know, 99% of the time or maybe 95% of the time, you're going to have to change teams at some point. And these guys that aren't drafted or that are drafted late, they don't really have much to go off of other than their preseason tape and the little stuff that they have in terms of their opportunities this earlier in their careers. So you have to really utilize your practice reps, your playbook, of course, and then those few reps that you're going to get in the preseason games. So it's really, really Awesome to see a guy like Tristan Jackson stepping up early and affording himself that opportunity in case things don't work out with the Rams. That's going to do it for the offense for now. In the next segment, we're going to dive into how the defense looked, and there was some awesome stuff from the cornerback room, and in particular, rookie cornerback Robert Rochelle. We're going to dive into that in just a second. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and the page at Locked on Rams. I feel like the fitness industry is incredibly confusing and designed to confuse and give us a bunch of BS that we don't really care about. All you have to really focus on is get those calories down, get some movement in your day, and of course, hit your protein goal. We want to try to preserve as much muscle mass as possible, which is why you guys should look out for Built Bar. They have by far the best protein bars on the market. I'm telling you guys, they have so many different flavors. You can really get to choose whatever you like, and I'm sure they have something that you're going to like. I really personally loved all of them, and not only that, the texture of these bars is unlike any other protein bar that I've tried on the market. They're absolutely delicious. They're healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugars. They have 90 grams of protein per bar, and they're high in fiber, and even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Friday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. This is the last episode of the week, but maybe the juiciest because we're now on to day two or I guess day three of the training camp practices but this is going to be covering and recapping the day two practices so this is awesome we finally have football back we're finally getting to see all these different kind of highlights on our twitter timelines and we're obviously getting these nice tweets from everyone who's there telling us you know who's lining up where and who's playing well and this segment like I said is going to be dedicated to the defense which I think is a lot more interesting than the offense as it pertains to you know who's going to be starting where maybe who is grabbing which role the offense seems a lot more solidified whereas the defense it feels like a lot more places or positions are up for grabs and the very first tweet here from my guy Ryan he said Justin Hollins getting more reps with the number ones with Kaiser and Young talking about Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young on the inside at inside linebacker From where I'm at, it also looks like Terrell Burgess is getting a few nickel looks, which is really, really cool and fascinating because you talk about Justin Hollins, again, getting more reps with the number ones on defense as an edge rusher. This could very well mean that he is the starting edge rusher opposite of Leonard Floyd come week one. And again, it's still early. There's a lot of stuff to be still sorted out. But so far, it really looks like the Rams are going to give Justin Hollins the first opportunity 
to seize this job. So that's interesting. And then again, you get Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young on the inside. I think the Rams are really just doing them sort of a service of being veterans right now. They're giving them, you know, the honor of holding these positions right now. But I really would be surprised if these two guys are your starting inside linebackers come day one. Now, the last thing that he dropped here was the Terrell Burgess to nickel looks. I love that. I mean, Terrell Burgess is a guy that we've talked about extensively on this podcast, a guy that I absolutely loved coming out of Utah, and he's been lauded for his versatility. Like, not only is this guy a very talented player who can make plays on the football, but he can line up at four or five different positions, and maybe that's his greatest asset, is really just being able to play that deep safety role, play the strong safety role, play a nickel role in terms of the cornerback room, or play a sub-package linebacker type of role. This guy can really do it all, and I think he can play every one of these positions at a high level. And of course, the more positions you can play, the more playing time you're going to get. And the Rams do have two good safeties outside of Terrell Burgess, so the more that he can do, I mean, the more opportunities he's going to get because if he was strictly just a safety, maybe he wouldn't get that much run. But now we're talking about a guy that can literally move around on the backside of the defense and line up in pretty much every single spot. And not only that, but he could do a very good job. We talked about day one recap. He looked really, really good. And he had arguably the best day out of all the defenders there from what we could see on Twitter, which is obviously great. So Clearly a guy that's come back healthy after his season-ending injury last year, which is of the utmost importance. Of course, we need him to be healthy. But not only that, a guy that's already stepping up and being used in a variety of roles, it seems like the Rams are definitely going to have a sweet plan for this guy moving forward. Now, he wasn't the only player in that secondary to do well. There's a few more tidbits of news here when it comes to this secondary. Apparently, rookie Robert Rochelle had a great pass breakup on a deep route that was intended for Van Jefferson. And not only that, but Jordan also said that it was a great day for Robert Rochelle. He had two pass breakups on the day, and the latest was down the sideline versus Jefferson, which is, I guess, the exact same snap. That is awesome to hear. I mean, we talked about on day one, my man Nick shared this on his Twitter, that Rochelle was giving up a few receptions, but every time he gave up a reception, he was right at the catch point. And receivers just happen to make really good catches. And, you know, that's half the battle of playing cornerback. Half the battle is, can you be in good position, in good coverage? And then can you actually, you know, compete at the catch point and turn what sometimes might be a reception into a incomplete pass by getting your hand on the ball or by ripping away a receiver's hands? That's really hard to do. And you look at some of the other corners in football, for example, someone like Darius Slay, a top-tier corner in the NFL that just loses at the catch point a little bit more than other guys. That doesn't mean that he's not a good player, but that just happens. I mean, receivers are pretty damn good in this league, and they're going to win some too that they probably shouldn't. So it's good to see that Robert Rochelle is sticky in his coverage so far. But not only that, on day two, he's already improving at going after the football. And of course, we've talked about this many times from his scouting report and throughout the last few months. This is a guy that used to play wide receiver. He has great ball skills. So if anybody knows how to go attack that football in the air and actually pull it down for an interception, it's going to be this guy. So it's very, very good to see the early returns on a guy like this because I believe the ceiling for Robert Rochelle is absolutely astronomical. This guy oozes so much potential, in my opinion. Probably not going to play a premium role for the Rams this season, but you're in a room with Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, you have a legitimate shot 
to not only take your time to develop, but to learn after two of the best corners in the NFL right now. And of course, there's more cornerback talk, which there always has to be. This position is just so important in the NFL today. My man Ryan said David Long Jr. was playing primarily on the outside with the number one defense, and Nick Scott was also getting some reps at safety with the number ones in certain groupings, which is quite interesting because those are probably not two players that we expected with the number one defense. Maybe Long a little bit more so, but not on the boundary. I definitely thought David Long would be playing a lot more nickel than on the boundary, but again, you know, the Rams like to move around Jalen Ramsey. They like to kick him into the slot sometimes. So I'm not 100% certain why Long was on the boundary. I'm going to presume that maybe Ramsey was moving into the nickel spot in those situations and Long just so happened to line up at the boundary, but I'm not certain on that. So we will need to try to get clarification for that. And then the last tweet here before we dive into the last few in the last segment is the first team offense struck first in the red zone with a Van Jefferson touchdown, but the defense repaid on the next snap with a Darius Williams interception over the top. You love to see it. I mean, this guy is coming back hungry. Darius Williams really proved himself last year as one of the more underrated, legitimate, nightmarish type corners in the NFL. I mean, I've tweeted it out as a joke many times, and I said, Darius Williams is your favorite quarterback's worst nightmare. I mean, this is a guy that you do not want to target because he's going to make you pay. And if he's getting interceptions this early into camp, I mean, you really can't ask for much more. That's what he does best. And that's how he makes offenses pay. So, so far, there's a lot of news coming out of that cornerback room, which is exactly what we expected. It's one of the more highly decorated spots for the Rams on their roster. And of course, they have a lot more interesting talent behind those guys. But they weren't the only position on the defense that needs to be talked about. We're going to dive into rookie Ernest Jones in the final segment, as well as the last few miscellaneous tidbits from day two of training camp. So make sure to check back for that. And of course, make sure to come back to us here at the Locked on Rams podcast next week when we continue our recaps for every single practice that the Rams have throughout this training camp period. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this day two recap of the training camp practice. I'm your host, Sosa Kremendous, and of course, this is the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for coming back here, and we're going to dive into the final few tidbits of news. And so I wanted to provide an update, which I seen yesterday, and this was quite interesting because tight end Jacob Harris apparently suffered some sort of core injury a week or two ago, and so I think he's not really practicing right now. And they're just slowly bringing him along, which is obviously something to note because this guy is the exact type of player that I think could really stand out in this exact scenario when it comes to the training camp practices. So doesn't sound like it's anything serious and he probably should be able to go, you know, in the coming weeks, but it is something to note as of right now. And that was from the first practice coming into the second practice. The news was already a little bit better because apparently Jacob Harris was going through some speed ladder work on the side today, so not practicing, but he's already moving, and of course, you need to brace your core when you're moving and running through speed drills, so sounds like he's getting better. You love to hear that. Now, the one area that I really needed to talk about that I mentioned prior to the break here was Ernest Jones, the rookie linebacker. 
From day one, there was a near interception. I forget who it was against. I'm going to presume it was probably against John Wolford, and he nearly pulled in an interception against Daryl Henderson while he was covering him on an out route. That was not the only play he made because going into day two, he had another near interception of John Wolford in seven on sevens, which is pretty crazy because now that's two plays on the ball in two practices. But again, it wasn't the last one because he had nearly another one against Matthew Stafford this time. And Jordan had a funny tweet. She said, he's going to get one this week because now he's gotten close to three and that's only in two practices. Now, of course, if you guys have listened to the Lockdown Rams podcast for the last few months, I talked about Jones not really being a great coverage linebacker. Yes, it's early in training camp. And yes, you know, this is a totally different environment compared to a game. But it's great to see that he's able to drop back and get his hands on some of these footballs, man. You want to see these guys progress and develop because when somebody's drafted, they're not a finished product. I mean, they are just starting their new developmental curve and they have years on years of now NFL coaches, practices, training camps to improve. And if that's what he's doing right now, that would obviously be great for the Rams because the inside linebacker position is not one of their strengths and Ernest Jones was drafted pretty early. So you can presume that at some point, this guy is going to get some run with the number one defense, and I wouldn't be shocked if he really seizes that role and doesn't look backward. And of course, I've talked about it. I do think he will be one of the starting linebackers come day one. Now, the last few bits of news come from the special teams here, and I like this because this is pretty cool here. We don't really get too much special teams news. Apparently, the guys that were working on punt returns, according to Jordan, Raymond Calais, the running back, Jeremiah Hadel, one of the wide receivers, Otis Anderson, another running back, J.J. Koski as well, again, another wide receiver, and I do believe that Deshaun Jackson was also another one of the names working back there on punt returns, and maybe if Tutu Atwell was healthy, he might have been back there as well, but those are the names so far, and I think for the most part, those are pretty much expected. Raymond Calais was a guy that came out of college as a special team type of talent, And then, of course, Jeremiah Hadel. We talked about him a few months ago as an undrafted free agent specialist in terms of the punt return and kick return capabilities. Deshaun Jackson, of course, has done it throughout the course of his career. So it's cool to see that there's going to be a battle at the punt return spot. And it's going to be fun to see if anyone can actually separate themselves going throughout these practices. Again, this might be Tutu Atwell's job, but he's not practicing right now. He does have COVID, I believe. So you know, somebody else could step up in light of his absence and ultimately could win this job. I'm not 100% certain on that, but it is always good to see some guys get opportunities there because injuries do happen. And of course, we don't know who's going to stand out in this role. So you want to get as much competition as you can there. And that does pretty much wrap it up for the recap in terms of all the player performances from this day. I love it. I mean, we're getting all kinds of news. And so far, it's pretty much as expected. And everything has been good for the Rams. You don't have any major injuries two days in, which is great. Of course, other than the Cam Akers injury, which happened prior to training camp, you're seeing Matthew Stafford start to get a little bit more comfortable. He's already hooked up with Deshaun Jackson on two or three deep balls, which is exactly why they brought both of those guys in. You have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup starting to build that chemistry with their new quarterback. And of course, I mean, you're looking at the cornerback room now, which is one of the more interesting positions for the Rams and arguably the best position on the roster. 
standing out this early. You love to see it. Those guys cannot afford to drop off if the Rams want to have another top two, top five, top 10 defense. It's a passing league. The Rams pay these guys a lot of money. They drafted some of these guys very early. They need these guys to stand out at the cornerback position. You're talking about third round picks in David Long, fourth round picks in Robert Rochelle, the top paid corner in football in Jalen Ramsey, another RFA first round tender for Darius Williams. They have invested a lot in this position and the early returns, of course, outside of last year have been very, very positive. You love to hear that. And that is going to do it for this episode. As I mentioned before, make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast. We're going to continue to update you guys with everything you need to know about these training camp practices. Who's standing out? Are there any big injuries? And of course, who's lining up where? I love it. We're finally getting closer to these games and slowly progressing through these practices. So make sure to keep checking back in next week when we continue to dive into these. And just a reminder, you guys can send me anything you want on Twitter if you are going to these practices. Or if you just want to talk, you can find me at QBsMEP or at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.